Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host, the sniper, Barry Spears, will be with us in just a few minutes. We had a ton of stakes action this past weekend. The Whitney, uh, the test, of course, uh, a bunch of other stakes, both coasts. We have uh, stewards to talk about because... Well, what would it be, a, a weekend without some shady stewards' decisions? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the sale tonight and how most of the horses are probably going to be bums. Um, and kind of relate that to uh, this past weekend's winners. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Uh, probably won't be a long show tonight, but uh, we try to keep it. Try to keep it moving. All right. See you guys in a second. Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at pleasantacrestallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hello, Mr. Spears. Hello, Mr. Simon, sir. Should we call you Conlima's biggest fan? Is that your new uh, moniker? That's that's yeah, that's it for this week. <laughs> well, it was a very good call on your part. You uh, correctly predicted that, <laughs> that the jockeys would jockey and hand uh, <laughs> the lead, which they did, and she she got the job done. They don't disappoint. <laughs> Especially well, they all disappoint, but in that particular instance, they didn't disappoint. Oh man, get the Zenyatta ride, you're all set if you're on the lead. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you put Zenyatta's jockey on a speed horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, so it was uh. Interesting weekend, a lot of stakes action on the East Coast, a little bit of stake action on the West Coast, but of course, uh, controversy, controversy as usual from the, the same place as we usually get controversy from. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, we actually had controversy on that. Uh, it was kind of a, a cross country controversy. It was. It is. It's a problem, man. And it, it, it's it's like pulling teeth to try to get anyone in a position of leadership in this business to like pay attention to it. <clears throat> but um, something needs to be done to try to uh, standardize the rules. And I mean, I didn't want to go into this in the beginning, but, <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Um, well, let's go to let's talk about a couple of 
races. Uh, yeah, we can come back to it. A little, little quick recap. Um, I mean, certainly uh, what was predicted, what we had thought about um, was going to probably happen in the Whitney happened and Nick's go just <laughs> uh, got to the lead and, and that was it. And, uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> like he stole the race. I mean, he no. Had, um, 23 and change at 46 and a half. I mean, it was kind of a tour de force performance, but um, that's how he runs. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I mean, it was it was a replay of the Pegasus. I think I texted that to you. Yeah, it, it really, it, it, literally the same race. Yeah, and uh, I guess the one turn forays for him will be will be over as as he is over two going two turn or one turn, but. Uh, you know, the Saudi race is kind of a weird track, so it's essentially a, a one-turn race. Yeah, but he was he was outrun. I mean, he was just got he came up against somebody that actually was faster. Yeah, and Charlton, you know, just snatched everything away from him early, yeah. and and he couldn't get comfortable. And I think that's the key with that horse. If he gets comfortable on the lead, you can't catch him. And yeah, if, very if much he, so. Agree. If he's head up he's going to have problems. I mean, even his past performances say the same thing. So whoever dares to go to, you know, kind of dispute the pace with them, they'll both get cooked. So it's like, you know, that's why having a horse that, that has that kind of speed is, is a huge advantage because nobody really wants to run with you. True. And uh, I wonder if anyone, in the Godolphin camp is considered maybe uh, a rabbit lining up a rabbit from somewhere because uh, Maxfield is, is going to be at a disadvantage as long as he's racing against a horse who's on an open lead and just the way it is. But uh, I, there, there is, um, before we move on too much, kind of the big action today and tomorrow, today being Monday night, Tuesday, is the, uh, the, the big sale at Saratoga. Mm. Which is, <clears throat> you remember when we were kids and I remember my mother would give us like the Sears catalog and tell us to go in the back and oh, yeah. pick, out, pick out all the things we wanted, right? Yep. And in the end, we got virtually nothing that we picked out. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> we, got what the, we got what they gave us, right? Well, along that theme. The most money that's going to be wasted all year is not going to be on a jackpot bet. It's not going to be on on anything of that nature. It's going to be tonight and tomorrow. Because we're going to go through the stakes, quick little stakes recap for the weekend. And we don't really go too far off the beaten path, right? So we're not going to talk about, like, the best of Ohio or anything. But, um, dang it. Just going to note the price, the purchase price of the horses that won all the races this weekend. Um, next go was an $87,000 yearling. Maryland, which, of course, is not like, you know, five, but, uh, he, he being by painter, a Maryland bred, he would have never qualified for the sale tonight. Never, ever in a million years. Um, but, um, certainly, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you're on something a little bit, you know, I think people may, start the the trend of of kind of bargain shopping rather than buying the the really high priced horses or you know 
I saw there was a few RNAs out of the first like 10 or 15 horses, which I don't know what you could really glean from that, but um, no, it's, sometimes people just want too much for their horses, right? Exactly, it could the be vet issues stir. with them, but still, like you said, it's you know. I mean, you know, like, like, uh, what's his name, Medina Spirit? I mean, <laughs> he was the bottom basement price um you know california chrome you know these are horses in recent history but you also had some really high price ones too but you know i guess with the way the world has been the last two years it would make sense to see people kind of looking for bargains Yep. Well, we're going to we're going to name off. We're going to add to that list as we go through the stakes uh, <laughs> here. Uh, I thought Maxfield ran his race. I mean, he ran OK. Very good. He, he did he does. And I, I know a lot of people were giving uh, shit to Swiss Skydiver, but I mean, listen, this is who she is. And, you know, she <clears throat> prompted the pace a little bit into the first turn, kind of chased the leader and then just kind of backed up. And the fact but of the matter what she's is she's been doing. Well, and this is the thing that sometimes I think people forget is that her success against males was a, a three-year-old. And as a three-year-old filly, she was almost as fast as, as the three-year-old Colts for the most part. She was faster than a bunch of them. The problem with fillies and, and, and Swiss Skydiver in particular, um, and this happened with other fillies so to, to, to a worse extent, like Rachel Alexandra, just, I mean, she wasn't, a, she was a shell of herself as a four-year-old. Um but she hasn't really gotten any faster. I mean, she runs the same like thoroughgraph numbers in the summer of her four-year-old year that she did in the fall of her three-year-old year. And that's not supposed to happen. I mean, you're supposed to keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And it's not that she's regressed. It's just that she's the same, but everybody else is a little bit better. And tackling older, you know, th- this was the best field of, Horses you could probably come up with for, you know, in, in the mile and eighth dirt division, right? I mean, who, yeah. who was really missing that that you would say, oh my god, <clears throat> Bonesa wasn't in there, right? But um, I, I thought she raced okay. She just needs to race against fillies, and um, you know, like you got to remember too is that this wasn't McPeak's master plan. I mean, he got forced kind of into this because. You're trying to get a prep race into your horse, and there's not a lot of races she's eligible for, right? I mean, you know, she's there's not a lot of dirt races that uh, that she could prep in, and and this was the one that made sense. And you know, it's it's no it's no loss. I mean, it's it's a loss. So it's, it's not a big deal. And I don't know. Sometimes I think people make too much of it. You know, losing. It's it's not it, it's what happens with race horses. You know, you you. You put him in a race, and and one wins, and everybody else loses, and just the way it goes. Yeah, I, I think I think the the expectations people ha- may have had were a little high. Um, but uh, I guess sometimes people forget how long ago <laughs> that Preakness was. <laughs> that, that's very true. That was that was last uh, October, early October. So you know, it's, and, and like I said, she's not doing anything wrong. She just hasn't gotten a whole lot faster, and uh, that's just the way it is. And maybe, you know, she'll use this race and springboard and, and the purse lines and jump up and, and uh, you know, 
win the race. Who knows? It's uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, the Saratoga Derby Invitational, which is kind of a clunky <laughs> name for a million dollar race, yeah. uh, was another you know typical Europeans come over here and dominate. Uh, State of Rest, who really won easily, um, got a ninety five buyer. Uh, John Velasquez gave the uh, the horse a really nice trip uh, on the inside, about mid to mid pack, maybe a little bit behind mid pack, but uh, stayed on the rail. You know, found the seam and and just just dominated. I mean, the horse won easy. Um, you know, Soldier Rising kind of followed him. He was last early. And he kind of followed the winner on the inside, stayed on the inside the whole time. And, and Soldier Rising is Chris Clement, but that's also a horse that was making. His uh, American debut. Um, so the two Euros ran one, two, and, and they were clearly one, two. <laughs> uh, Secret Protector was Charlie Appleby's horse. And I think Charlie and Mike Smith are at some point going to come to a, a split because Mike. This the cuffs. Uh, he just doesn't ride the Saratoga like he rides Belmont. He, he, Secret Protector was just far, far too bad. I mean, the horse was way behind. And, <clears throat> Uh, Bolshoi boy really didn't have much of an excuse. Uh, I, I didn't think, you know, didn't mean he looked like he got a decent trip and just didn't fire. Uh, the other European Cadillac strategy yeah, with that horse. <laughs> he, he had a, he had an interesting ride. Cadillac, Cadillac was up close to drop back to come over. Huh? Um, but uh, I mean, what did you make of the race? I I just didn't like the way the strategy for for uh, for Bolshoi Ballet. I thought that the horse probably didn't need to go to the lead. <laughs> Not saying, I mean, I guess, you know, that race at Belmont, he kind of got shuffled back and, and was a little farther back than they wanted to be, but it kind of forced the issue. I thought was a little bit strange. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you can see right out of the gate that uh, Ryan Moore was just pumping on him, trying to get him up to the front. And that wasn't the move. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he had maybe... company. Uh oh, are you there? Yep. Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, you had uh, Aiden O'Brien uh, setting the pace for Joseph O'Brien. Yeah, setting the table. Um, but state of a uh, state of rest was really good, and uh... yeah, I mean, it's not like you know, it was just some crazy horse that had no shot that won. The, the horse had just as good as right to win as, as Bolshoi Ballet. But I guess, you know, the way, you know, us handicappers and betters try to map out a race, that's not what it looked like. Yeah. And uh, State of Rest was an $80,000, <laughs> or an, I shouldn't say $80,000, 80,000 pound yearling. So, so how much is that? Like uh Almost a hundred thousand, yeah, roughly. Still a bargain, considering. Just want to <laughs> just just want a million dollar grade one. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, the test, you know, I really don't like the test thing on Whitney Day. I, I just think that uh, it gets overshadowed so much because there's so much else going on, and and I really don't like it. But I mean, no one really cares what I like, but. It just to me is always a great race, and it really deserves a headline of its own. And I would love to see it on back on like a Friday um, as a kind of weekend, you know, kickoff feature. But um, 
Right, Friday before the Whitney. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would be a better spot, but I guess, like, nah, I don't know, who knows. Um, Bella Sophia was really, uh, was dominant, really impressive. I mean, she mm-hmm. was prominent from the start. She kind of tracked the, the, the pace. Um, the the Baffert horse who went to the lead, and of course, there was all the you know the Baffert Baffert back in New York controversy, but uh, Illuminate really, she she really was, she was really stretching to think that she was good enough and she really wasn't but uh bella sophia just blew the race open at the eighth pole and, and never looked back <laughs> oh she ran a huge a huge race and she's, you know she lightly raced rudy rod and uh, i think saya's right saya's rotor mm-hmm. just uh just dominated the race we've got 101 buyer which is a big number for philly sprinting and i mean it was uh it was a really a really powerful performance yeah, it's good to see, you know, uh, a New York trainer win that race. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it kind of took me by surprise. I didn't, I, you know, I always thought that horse was pretty decent, but, you know, she stepped up to another level. She sure did. She sure did. Search results and always Karina were, were kind of flat, just chased, didn't really have much kick. Obligatory, she, you know, the filly that comes from way behind. No her. setup, though, for obligatory. She, she didn't, right. She didn't get the setup at all. Kind of didn't have much of a rally. Uh, I know I was wondering, do you think speed was really good on, on, on Saturday? I mean, there was so few dirt races, but. um, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't call it a bias per se, but it was definitely um, prominent. But I think that was a lot to do with the races and 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 the the entry, you know, yeah. horses. It it was more the dynamics of the of the races, of who who was in it, rather than the the track itself. Sure. Well, Bella Sophia is a uh, is a Grade One winner now, and uh, was a twenty thousand dollar OBS June purchase last uh, last summer. <laughs> There's a theme. There's definitely a theme. <laughs> uh, the Glens Falls was, I, it, I thought this is another race that gets a little bit overlooked, but the Glens Falls has never really been a big feature race. But um, Warlike Goddess ran huge. I mean, she again, really, right? I mean, she just again. blew them away. I mean, when was it we saw her down at, at, at Florida Derby Day, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she barely ran down. I remember Irad, um, I forget the horse's name now, um, and then ripped off two huge wins, <laughs> one at Keeneland and then this one at Saratoga. I, I like never even didn't look like she was breathing hard. No, I mean, she trailed and just made that power move down the middle of the track, and, and I mean, uh, just strong. Eng- and you know, she's by English Channel, who's always been a a favorite of mine because he just gets this is the type of filly he gets you know the, he's not going to get you a, a sprinter for the most part he, he ain't going to get you much runs on the dirt but what he does what he's good at is is horses like this and uh and she ran good i mean she ran really well and like uh, got a 99 buyer um and looks like uh, you know going a mile and a quarter she might be the type of horse that maybe can you know get involved in the breeders cup fillies and mares Turf, you know, of course, uh, based upon you know, what Euros come over, and 
Uh, of course, it's at Del Mar too, which may not exactly flatter her style, but uh, she's she's done nothing but get better, better and better and better for Bill Mott. And, uh, she really, you know, I, I thought to, again it was kind of overshadowed by the bigger races, but it was really a strong performance because she was running away from them at the end. Yeah, definitely. You know, Del Mar's a weird course, kind of. The stretch isn't that long, right? I, I and and I'm with you, you know, thinking that that might hurt a horse like her, even even at the longer distance. Um, but we'll see. I mean, she'll take action. Warlike goddess, if she was at the sale, Barry could have been bought by us. Five thousand. She was a twelve hundred dollar weanling RNA. <laughs> she. She didn't get a bid at the Keeneland sale as a yearling. One thousand bucks RNA. She did not get a bid. She brought thirty thousand at the OBS June sale, and now she's multiple stakes winner. Looks like she's going to be. Uh, I mean, she's literally never run a bad race. She's not done nothing but run well. There are very few horses that don't get a bid at, the, at a sale that turn out to be this good. I mean, that's a little bit flukish, but but uh, it just goes to show you that um, people are wasting away money tonight. They're pissing it away. <clears throat> and trust me, trying to buy $1,000 and $2,000 horses and win any races with them is not easy. I've done it. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I've been successful in some. I've been unsuccessful with others. But to try to get a, a Saratoga graded stake quality horse for less than $5,000, it's like a lottery ticket. But the point being that Saratoga ran four big time graded stakes on Saturday, and you had an $87,000 horse, an 80,000 pound horse, a $20,000 OBS um, two year old in training, and a $30,000 two year old in training. That's the entirety Ridiculous. of the four grade of six. So it can be done. And uh, and it's done often. I mean, yes. you know, often to the point where you have all those horses running on the same day, winning on the same day. Uh, the Yellow Ribbon was also Saturday out at Del Mar. Princess Grace really ran a big race. Yeah, uh, she ran huge. Third win in a row, shipped out west from... Uh, by Mike Stidham from, uh, well, not from, it's from Fairhill, but uh, she had won the Penny, the Dr. Penny at, at Parks, the rare Parks to Del Mar ship. But uh, she's a really, you know, she's another filly who's getting, getting good at the, at the right time. And uh, I don't exactly know what's in store for her after this. Uh, you know, that's she's running in mile 16th races. Um, and she's... You know, <clears throat> Interest, interesting, interesting pedigree. She's a homebred by John and Susan Moore. Uh, Karen Conti was the, the stallion who's turned out to be really good, uh, who's a Japanese bred. And she's out of a, a silent name mare. And silent name was a Japanese bred as well. So um, there's a lot of influence from the Japanese breeding in this filly. And uh, that's, you know, like I said, three in a row. So she's, she's on her way. I'll never forget the... Caraconti to Toast of New York double I had. <laughs> and then the pick four I had to everybody but Byron. 
the Bayern into after after hitting the first big four for thirty two k. I mean, it it would have been the. I mean, I I wasn't mad. I, it didn't really hit me until like two weeks later how much money I could have won. I was, you know, I was ecstatic. I won what I did, but I mean, speaking of uh, speaking of Bayern, uh, shout out to Cherie Devoe for oh yeah her first Saratoga steak with uh, a daughter of Bayern, uh, Byroness, who Byron. went nine again the other day. Uh, was actually eight to five morning line, and went off at, at seven to two, which yeah, that was crazy. I I thought that horse was going to be favored. David Aragona does a really good job with the morning lines in New York, and rarely is is he is he off that that badly. And honestly, he was right, and the public was wrong in there. I, I just wasn't sure why she wasn't getting any money, but uh, she ran she ran really well. So she'd been knocking on the door for a long time. I feel like. Um, on Friday, Art Collector came back and, you know, he got 102 buyer. Uh, and, you know, you when you watch the race at the eighth pole or, or heading to past the 316th pole, you're like, wow, he's, he's really back. And then he kind of like got a little bit of the staggers there. Yeah, he looked a little, a little tired. He got a little wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, he, he only had that one race, and he didn't do much running in it. And it was first time, you know, changed uh, changed trainers for, to uh, Bill Mott. But um, you know, another case of there wasn't much speed in the race as well. So you know, he, he was it was a a paceless race, it just an absolute paceless race. So he took advantage of it, and you know, set pretty soft fractions. But uh, well, I've always said about Art Collector um, that he is the type of horse that can only win with a perfect trip. I don't think that horse does well with any kind of adversity. And that's why if you get him in a bigger field, I don't like him. I think he's not, not that he's not a good horse. I think he's just one of those kind of, I get brave on the lead or, you know, when it, when it's a perfect setup, that horse will win. If it's not perfect, he's not going to win. You know, some horses they can overcome a, a few things, and you know, I don't think that horse is that kind of horse. Well, he's he certainly has to prove that because, I mean, let's be honest, there was a bunch of second raiders, uh, horses who kind of never really moved into that uh, higher echelon. Right, uh, Jesus's team. Uh, you know he's, but that's that's who he's always been beating. Though I mean, even before the Derby, I mean, he was at uh, where was it? Uh, was it Ellis? Yeah, yeah, it was Ellis because I keep forgetting the Derby was <laughs> late in the year. Yeah, um, but he was beating up on on second tier type horses. Um, so this this wasn't a surprise what he did the other day, but I. You know, I still kind of wonder where he fits against better horses, and I don't think he's going to fare that well. No, I I hear you. I hear you. He's an interesting horse. He just yeah, definitely a question. He's got talent. He just mm-hmm. you know, so far he's just never been able to stay consistent. So, um, you know, maybe uh, 
maybe you know maybe that race he'll he'll move up off that race and improve uh and and you know see where you know see where it takes him. stay healthy too i mean that that's also been an issue yeah absolutely um the hall of fame stakes was on friday <laughs> and uh, i mean it was won by public sector who who kind of became the the uh the afterthought is his wick. <laughs> uh, it, it was not really a good field. I mean, it, it was a pretty mediocre bunch for for a grade two. Um, and, you know, take nothing away, public sector ran fine. Flavian Pratt came and ran a little bit of a clinic. Um, <laughs> but the incident where Annex came over and clipped heels with the original... You know, which which really, um, I mean, original literally pulled up after that. The fact that the stewards left that up, yeah, and that was rough, man. The completely baffling explanation that they gave, which has nothing to do with the actual rules, um, it just it, it's it's just another case of like what is going on like what the what are stewards thinking of? right what are you looking at like why are you overthinking <laughs> this take the freaking horse down that's all there is to it stop trying to do more than you should right and I, I think it's one of those uh over analysis type things where it's just it was too much i mean plain and simple like you said it was there, was, there wasn't much to that to 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 think about <laughs> um it looked like an automatic. Let me read you the rule from New York, okay? This is rule 4035.2, section B. A horse crossing another may be disqualified if, in the judgment of the stewards, it interferes with, impedes, or intimidates another horse. Okay? Or. The foul altered the finish of the race, regardless of whether the foul was accidental, willful, or result of careless riding. There's an or in there. Right? Yeah, I was going to say or. So, that... like, dear stewards, forget the or. You're not capable of making these decisions. It's plainly obvious. Right. That, that was that was. You cannot come over on a horse and force that horse to pull up and be and, and be left up unless you're going to find the rider fifty thousand dollars. Which they would never. It's ridiculous. This overthinking. Stop trying to make everything into uh, a technical case. The horse comes over. He interferes with the horse. It almost causes the horse to go down. I don't care where the horse is going to finish. It's a disqualification, period. I, I just don't understand how they get that wrong. How can they get that wrong? I, I I just don't understand. I mean, because they're trying to be too cute. Well, what's that? What's that helping anything though? I mean, just just from a common sense perspective, it's like, well, okay, you see what happened. The whole world sees what happened, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that horse should come down. That horse should come down. Yeah, you know. I mean, they see what everybody else sees. Listen, I, I you know Pat Cummings has been pushing for the category one. 
we can't do category one in this country because we will have carnage on the racetrack because the stewards have let the jockeys. And listen, I think jockeys are people like, like I'm not saying anything negative about their, them or or their, the job they do or anything. And there's a lot of danger. Uh, I think they're all nuts to do it. But the fact is they get away with way too much in New York. There should be two jockeys on suspension every single week. Every day, bro. <laughs> and they let them go and listen to jockeys to, you know, what are they going to, hey, they're going to say, hey, they're going to let me get away with it. I'm going to keep doing it. But this is the problem. And th- this is the issue. They've let everything get too far. And well, when you don't like, disqualify uh... that horse, and I understand it's not the owner's or trainer's fault of the horse, but you're responsible for who you put on your horse. And that's that's the deal. You cut another horse off like that in that situation. It wasn't like he just kind of bumped the horse or he just kind of you know threw the horse off stride. He literally almost made the horse fall down. Like if he fell down, he would have been decued, right? So why uh, that th- because Saez was was you know athletic enough to stay up, and the horse was athletic enough to stay up. He, sh- he shouldn't have come down. I mean, in the in the Haskell. Um, Midnight Bourbon was going to be third, right? I mean, he wasn't going to, didn't cost him a placing that when, when he fell, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so is that going to be the standard? And, and this is the problem because the, the New Jersey stewards have their head up their ass and the New York stewards are now making up rules and the Delmar stewards, my God, what? who knows what's going on out there? I mean, it's just crazy. That we can't. It, it, this would be like if you went to um, a, a football game, and and one game they just don't call holding, and another <laughs> game they don't call pass interference, and another game they, 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 they call everything. Right, exactly. There, there's <laughs> seventy four fouls. This isn't that hard. The stewards accreditation program is doing a, is failing, man. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I know people involved in this, and and it, you're failing. They're not good. This is, we have these, we, there was a, the judges at Arlington are, are horrific. They had a guy come from the other day and listen, it was some little shitty race and, and no one really cares. Right. The, the jock came from the rail to the eighth path, interfered with the horse twice, twice. The stewards called an inquiry, left it up. I mean, it was it was the most egregious non-call that they actually saw. And it's, you think, well, if the guy's allowed to do that and it doesn't come down, oh, and so, oh, well, he's the leading rider. I don't care if he's the leading rider. If he's the leading rider, he should get double the days. He can afford them. Yeah, there's no standard. That's, that's you know, like you can't say, oh, well, if this happens, they're definitely coming down. It's always a gamble. It's always a, an iffy situation. It's like, well, is it going to come down or not? I'm tired of hearing about all the rules from state to state. Bullshit. Number yeah, one, you know who's what above about. the stewards is going to know what the rules are and is going to say, oh, no, you made a bad call. Yeah. Oh, someone might sue. They might sue you anyways. Someone might take you to court anyways. That's always a chance. In the end, the judge is going to rule that the discretion is used and and that's all there is to it because they give them discretion, but they're screwing it up. I mean, it's just too many, too many problems. I mean, 
we can't like say that we're about safety. We're all about safety. And then just let that happen. Right. And I have to say, the 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 DQ in in Delmar was a was an exceedingly tough call. It was. I think they got it right, though. I think they didn't get it right. I'm going to tell you yeah. why. I would have taken down the first two running horses. I thought about that also, but it, it, it Rispoli came over and came over and came over, and he was on the lead. But um, the runner-up, the horse in the red silks. Yeah, DVD, he kind of eased his way out. (laughs) He put himself in a terrible position. He should not be rewarded. He should be disqualified, too. The only horse that really didn't do anything was the outside horse. He was just in, in, in a bad place because the guys inside of him decided to play bumper cars. But you yeah. can't reward a guy for putting his horse in a position like that. And, well, and I'm fine with taking Rispoli down. I mean, listen, he came out. And he it's was hard t- to keep coming out. And, and when you watch the pan shot, it doesn't look nearly as bad. When you watch the head on. Oh, yeah, he was, he was going to the left, too. Yes, exactly. He wasn't help. trying. He right. wasn't trying to, to get the horse off. But I, I don't think that the horse should be rewarded for, for doing that because he caused a lot of the trouble too. If the if the red if the horse in the red silks, if Van Dyke goes to the inside of, of Rispoli, he probably wins the race. Yeah, it's it's tough because if if let's just say Rispoli keeps a straight path, I th- I think the five wins. Um, but, but this is what but he but did. But he ends up hitting, you know, kind of nudging the the three out to get out in front of you know the slower horse there, and you know that like I said, there was a lot of things. I I think they got it right. I mean, there there was no perfect call there because if you took both of them down, it's like oh you know you go you're gonna get the people oh they did that for Bob Baffert, and then. <laughs> You know, they they were in a tough situation with that one in Delmar. Yeah, was, but you know what though, they got to stop looking at the trainers and the jockeys. Just take the horse. Down. Right. Just just look objectively, and you exactly. know that's not going to happen though. And it's just wrong. The stewards are, are just it, it's just wrong. I'm sick of it. You're stealing money from people. That's what. It or is. just leave it alone. That was the other thing I thought about too. But was, they got to start doing more about like Flavian Pratt should have should be on days right now. <laughs> Yeah, Mama's, from the, from the house. Oh, well, well, we'll give you the days after Delmar meet. Why do you get to choose? It's bullshit. The stewards are to blame. All of you out there, you are to blame. Be tougher. Well, that's, that's you know, the thing I talk about all the time when it comes to racing. You know, have to control the controllables. And and to me, the stewards and, and the decisions and those kind of things, as far as inquiries and objections go, they have we have control over that. They've got to be tougher. They got to pay attention. They got to do more. Well, you know, it's it's just like you know, like you go on Twitter or whatever, you can see people are understand the whole you know, inquiry thing <laughs> to the point where, you know, you could handpick people off of Twitter and they'd be better. The thing is this though, Barry, it's, it's like 
you can't if you let them get away with something they're going to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and that's what, like Rispoli I would give him two weeks but he also I mean I don't know if you saw there was a couple races before where he kind of you know drifted in it wasn't a good day for him that in that Listen, in the old days, and I hate to talk about the old days all the time, Manny <laughs> Kaza got, got suspended for a year for rough riding. A year. Now now we give guys three days and we let them cherry pick them. And, oh, we're just going to next three Tuesdays you can be off. <laughs> That's what I would pick. You want to get things straight, then, then, then do your job. Who said a jockey can't get two weeks or three weeks or a month? It, it, Paco Lopez almost killed people to, to get 30 days. It's the only way you're going to get these guys to ride straight because they can all do it. They're not, they're doing this on purpose. This is not mistakes. Every once in a while, you'll get a horse that'll duck in or, you know, that. But the, these guys, it's all quote-unquote race riding. And it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Well, well yeah. Guys, guys used to ride. No, no one, you want, I'm telling you, watch the first 20 Breeders' Cups. Watch the first 25 Breeders' Cups. Show me a race where, where uh, uh, everybody's hurting the whole race. Or everybody, a guy goes from the sixth path to the rail to try to intimidate another horse. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's because the stewards have let it happen. And, and this is like nationwide. This isn't like one, one group or another group. This is like nationwide. Give them days. Set them down. Give them double the days. Then give them triple the days. You will see guys riding straighter, period. Well, Paco's been on the straight and narrow since then. That's for sure. It's been better. But, but it's, it's just that's the only way it's going to. You know, but this is but this is horse racing though. It's horse racing in a nutshell. Everybody puts their hands up. Uh, what can we do? You know, JC's, you know, what can we do? And like I said, the people with power, they don't care. They're, they're, they're about to lunch. No, no, nobody's paying attention to this. Nobody's paying attention to this. Meanwhile, every time you have a bad DQ, everybody feels like they got money stolen from them. <laughs> But if yeah. we're going to talk about safety, Man, that, that was we're going to talk about a horse health and, and health of the participants, and we don't do anything about, you know, the riding and the chances and, and the, you know, I mean, seriously. And I'm not saying Junior Alvarado did it on purpose. Not all, not at all. I don't, I don't know what his objection or what his uh, intention was. I'm not saying that. But if they go back to the jocks room and Louis Sias takes his helmet and smashes him in the face with it, then then I, be- I bet you they give him the days. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's what I mean. Like, you know. Because I don't see any other way that this is ever going to get fixed. I just don't see it. No, there there has to be a, a crazy effort. You know, it has to be a con- 
effort to fix that. And it seems as if they don't want to. You know, it used to be, and, and this is what I was talking to someone today about, you know, that I said it's worse than it ever was. And he's like, well, I said, no, listen, man. We used to be able to tell pretty good when there was an inquiry, right? I mean, it was about 80, 90% of the time, you could pretty much call it once you saw it. Nowadays, man, it's a flip of a coin sometimes. You have no idea what they're going to do. And it takes forever. That's the other thing. They watch it over and over and over and over and over. If you had 14 different views, okay. But you're watching two of the, the, the same view over and over and over. <laughs> or yeah, like Tampa, where it takes like two seconds. Yeah, right. Tampa. <laughs> They're not even off the horses yet. They already just made the DQ. Oh, we got to do paperwork? Nope, no DQ. I don't even want to care so much, but uh, it's just it, it's just one of those things that could be an industry um, related thing, but it's not. It doesn't get fixed. It doesn't get fixed, and and that's the problem. And the problem we have too is all these people have their little accreditation. Ooh, they got their little University of Phoenix uh, documents. Says, <laughs> ooh, we were accredited. Well. That says a lot. Anyways, let's take a quick break. And we'll come back on the other side. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free. The Going in Circles Digest. It's a, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week, we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately... <laughs> was the the pinnacle of his career but um it's a free subscription go to going in circles digest dot substack dot com and check it out all right the going in circles digest thanks for listening all right we are back we are back i'm a little calmer Slightly. It just pisses me off, man. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's like I said, it's, it's just something that that we have complete control over, and it's like we need we need steward tryouts, like where they watch a bunch of inquiries and make the right decisions. Or is it, I mean, <laughs> it's comical at this point because it literally is a coin flip. There are difficult calls. I mean, listen. Yeah, like there, that, there are that one on Sunday. That one on Sunday calls. was rough. That was tough. But uh, the other one. The um, problem is, though, Barry, is that the difficult calls are, are being made into 
the easier calls are suddenly now difficult because of this. And, and then the consistency is just not there. And once the precedent is set, then it's it just, it just is a big mess. And at some point we have to say time out. This is the rule. This is how it's going to be. And, and you have to crack down on these jockeys especially the ones that are the biggest offenders because it's not every single jockey, but some of them are biggest offenders. And, and, you know, you're just, what's it going to take, you know, someone to really get hurt bad. Hopefully not. I mean, seriously, in the last few weeks, Luis Saez and Paco Lopez could have really been hurt bad. And thankfully, you know, neither one was, but I mean, what if, one of them does get hurt in a big race. And, and it shouldn't matter who it is or what race it is. It doesn't matter if it's a five claimer somewhere or, or a grade one. And let's, let's not forget the horses. I mean, the horse was pulled up because of the actions of another horse and he wasn't dequeued. I mean, like that just... That just freaks me out. I don't know. Just uh... oh, crazy. Well, they ran the West Virginia Derby. <laughs> Hardly anybody showed up. <laughs> Mr. Wireless got the job done. As expected. And uh, Burbonic did his thing. Yeah, Burbonic did his... Uh... Lag and suck up for third. West Virginia Derby should not be a graded race anymore. No, just, just too many graded races, man. There's too many of these horse races for these horses. I mean, that field was atrocious. I mean, for a graded stake race, Mr. Wilds is a nice horse. He actually ran pretty good. He was three wide for a lot of the race. Um, Horse Warrant, who's like Brad Cox's ninth string, <laughs> made a little run at him, but did, didn't really. He kind of hung. So, but um, it just wasn't. Uh, just bring myself to to bet any races at Mountaineer. Yeah, I'm not. You know, just. A couple I'm of years they had pretty good races, you know. They had a couple of good fields there. Uh, I don't know, eight, nine, seven, ten years ago. But it, it's just really, there's just there's not enough races. I mean, it's the there's horses. There's there's not enough good horses. There's so many, um, so many options. Just so many options. And uh, Mandaloon, he, he's he's going to the sidelines, so he's another one. Some sort of foot injury. Yeah, but they came out so no bueno. He's now pointing to a race in March, <laughs> <laughs> which seems like it's a long time from now. But, uh, go in the in the uh, the good old Pegasus. No, no Pegasus for him. Ooh, but um, he could make the Pegasus. He could, but apparently the Saudi Cup is they're gonna take one shot. Take one shot. It's, you know, he's a nice horse. He's a he's a hard knocking horse. He's not the greatest. I mean, 
He seemed like a horse that was still a little bit green. To me, at least, uh, like he, like there was more there, you know, but um, but he's out, so I don't know, you know, like how ride Charlie in essential quality. You know, they look like they're going to be the last two standing at this point, right? <laughs> uh, Little Medina Spirit supposedly is back in the major training. That's all right. My, my monster is in in the in the background. Which monster? Life is good. Yeah, with the uh, Fletcher. He's going to run in the the Alan Jerkins. We'll, we'll see. <clears throat> could be a could be an excellent race. Could I mean, be, a be fantastic race. Yeah, but it's either that or or Parks. So yeah, I want to see him show show what he's got. At Saratoga. The looming monster. I guess a horse just sold for 1.6 million. Uncle Mo. Colt. 1.6 1.6 million. Yes. Hour ago, a tappet sold for 990k. Mm-hmm. At least the Phillies will, will have pedigree, and uh, you know they'll be. Um... Well, they, they can be broodmares. Yeah, if they bomb the Colts. <clears throat> All or nothing. Apparently, Bobby Flay bred the uh, the cult that sold. Was it uh, Dame Dorothy? Hmm. Yes. Half sister to Spice is nice. Well, congratulations to whoever bought the horse. He's going to Pletcher. The Pletch. What's on? What's what's up for this weekend? What's going on? What we got going on? Um, this weekend, the four star Dave is the uh, big uh, the big race at Saratoga to you know, win in your in. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of field it's going to get. I mean, I'm sure Raging Bull and um, the ones that ran at Belmont will be back, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's not the strongest division as we've uh, pointed out. <laughs> quite a few times it's uh not exactly uh teeming with uh quality um well this weekend you know was the i don't want to call it this because it's not anymore but it's the arlington million weekend the arlington six hundred thousand. 
the Arlington 600K, um, the Beverly D, uh, Santa Barbara, I believe, is showing up uh, for the Beverly D. Nice. She would, of course, be the horse to beat in there. Uh, it's been considerable amount of rain today in the Chicago area, so let's get a little rain next couple of days. It'll be dried out, I'm sure, by Saturday, but it's not going to be rock hard. So that's good. Yeah, be fair. Eight eight stakes on um, on Saturday. Four of them, of course, are, are state bred stakes. So Illinois bred stakes aren't quite as exciting as the open stakes, but um, you know they got the pucker up, which is always a pretty decent field. The Mister D, which is you know the Arlington Million, but uh, the Bruce D and the, the Beverly D. A lot of Ds. Churchill's been giving everyone the D there. You know, it's really kind of like nauseating to me to see them with this hashtag final turn. I mean, come on. You people murdered this track. And now you're going to like the final turn? Please. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Capital, trying to capitalize on the death of something is uh, always a little. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little sensitive to it because, uh, you know, I was here a couple summers and had a great time. Great track, great area. I mean, tremendous fans, like people there. And they're all paying attention to the racing there. I mean, it's, listen, as bad as it is right now, that's, that's something. You know? um, yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, as you know, it's, it's a lot different being at the track than, than you know, doing the, the simulcast thing. I mean, it, the track you're at usually commands all the attention. It's the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I find it very difficult. I mean, usually when I go to the races, it's more of a social kind of affair than it is a, a, a gambling venture. I, I, I definitely gamble better at home. <laughs> um, so, you know, usually I'll, I'll go in with a plan, play a couple bets and, and kind of just hang out and enjoy, you know, the surroundings, you know, it was, it was so long since, you know, people were able to go to tracks. Um, like this this past winter, um, going to to the Pegasus and Florida Derby, I, you know, it was just about having a good time, and uh, you know, it, I find it hard to 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 bet other tracks while you're, you know, at a at a live event like that. At least for me, I, I know people can do it, but it's just you got to be Gulfstream and a race a race from Aqueduct or New York goes off. Yeah. You know, you hear people cheering and yelling and kinda. Right. Like there, like nobody even watches the races. So. Right. Very weird. And believe me, the racing is pathetically bad at Arlington this year. I mean, it just is. I'm sorry. I mean it's it's like basically How's the food though? On track four, food four, four and five horse fields of, of you know less than stellar horses. And, you know, I mean they just don't have that much to draw from like everyone else. The purses stink and the you know, everyone knows the track's doomed. They've got poly track. And the turf is nice, but uh, the food there is, yeah, it's okay. 
They don't exactly give it away there either. I mean, Saratoga bad prices, but it's not uh, Powerade seven bucks, bro. Seven? Seven. Seven. The bar shoe uh, white claws are, are, are seven fifty, I think. Oh man, that's that's that's. I think it's Saratoga to like twelve. And they have like you know like Polish sausages or something. Yeah. There yeah. they. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I mean it's it's you know it's all right. <laughs> it's like fifteen bucks for that. And then it's, no, it's not that bad. It's like C plus food. I mean it's it's all right. Uh, so it's not. Uh, it ain't like regular Chicago. Not Tito's. No. At uh, a Gulfstream, huh? Nah, no, no cocktails or stone crabs. I don't know, maybe upstairs where they don't let me in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you always say that, that but, there, but... but miraculously, you always end up in the places you say you never go. So, <laughs> yeah, well, they got to work to get in those places. <laughs> <laughs> no tickets. Oh, they the, have this the, mayor, the mayor was mad when you did that, that down at, at, at the Florida Derby. He was like, He tells me he's never able to go up there, and he's always up there. <laughs> Uh, they can't keep us out man um yeah so that's you know kind of like the highlight but it'll be it'll be sad in a lot of ways you know the last one um just is what it is i guess right um ellis park got a bunch of stakes this weekend on uh, saturday or sunday is it sunday yes sunday uh, they have the uh, Audubon Oaks. They have the. I'm not. I'm not saying the the sponsor. I don't care. Sue me. Uh, the Ellis Park Debutante. The Ellis Park Derby, which this year has <laughs> another track that I struggle. this year does not have points for the Kentucky Derby. The last year they did. <laughs> uh, the Ellis Park. I, I didn't know that. I thought it was a points race. <laughs> wow. For what year? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll give you points. Yeah, <laughs> as, long as, as long as the Derby's in September. Yeah, exactly. So this year, you know, it was a Derby prep last year. It's a prep basically for nothing. I keep forgetting that. That's it, that's wild. The Groupie Doll in the Ellis Park Juvie, which always comes up with a decent horse out of that race. Usually it's a Dale Roman horse that runs off the screen and then, like, never runs a good race again. Is, is Dale Roman, is he still with us? I think I haven't seen much of him tonight. The Long Acres Mile is this is on Sunday. It used to be a big race, the Long Acres Mile. Amazingly enough, it's still a grade three, but uh, and Saratoga only has the um, the Galway for Sunday. The Galway's three year old Phillies going five and a half on the turf. I'm expecting Wesley Ward will have a lot in there. Um, at Woodbine, the King Edward Mile on the turf, three and up. Grade two Canadian, <clears throat> which is, um, of course, run the same weekend as the four star Dave, which is uh, a mile on the turf. Uh, grade one is we in racing have done a spectacular job of making sure that our races don't overlap. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the worst. It, 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 it's, it only bothers me when I'm at home. Is the the races going off or the excessive post drag where you have no idea when they're gonna run? 
Oh, like the Metal Lines did on Saturday? <laughs> oh, man, that, that was the worst post-drag. The, they they definitely got the playbook from Gulfstream. Oh, man. They were they were dragging it out. but they. I mean, it was zero for like 10 minutes, and the horses didn't even come out onto the track yet. <laughs> it, it was zero minutes to post for the next race. They were still interviewing the guys in the winner's circle. <laughs> they didn't even come out of the winner's circle from the previous race. It was already zero minutes to post. Honestly, I don't, I don't, when, like, people lament about the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Gulfstream post-drag. On track, I don't even notice it. No. But at home, it's excruciating. Yeah, the Medlines did good, The Captain Corey, wire to wire, my man, mm-hmm. Aki. I want the big head Aki, though, man. No, we're going to get the big head Chucks. I want, I want the big head the Aki. Pegasus, bro. I'm going to put that... I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on a stick and walk around with it in front of my face. I'm telling you. Or, okay, glue it to my back. <laughs> it's too big. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> well, Captain Corey, he was he ran he was really good. Did his thing. I mean, that's what he's been doing. It's funny. He he, he wasn't. You know, he, he was not in form earlier in the season or just couldn't get him going. And then all of a sudden, this last couple of races caught fire. He was tremendous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not even Aki could mess that one up. No. And he did the right thing. I mean, he went to the lead. Lucas Wallen got parked. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know what? The million bucks and you only get one shot at that race from, from the horses. So, But it was a good race and I mean, a good day. They bet, they bet a lot. Uh, six, six and a half million, something like that, which for the Trotters is is a huge amount. I think the most bet on the Hamiltonian since like 2010, the race itself. And wow. it was a great, I mean, it was a really good betting really race. Really good betting race, yeah. It's funny because the favorite, you know, wins the race, but um, the, that that's just how things worked out. I mean, if, if um, you could really make a case for a lot of the horses going into the race, but, uh, you know, Captain Corey was, was good and Manchego, I don't know how she held on. Yeah, that was a third ninth win. Came third back. Ninth. Yeah, she looked like she kind of came back on that horse. Yeah, but uh, Atlanta, Atlanta was good. Yeah, always. Yep, it was a good. Uh, it was a good day for them. They had a nice. Seemed like the weather was nice too. It wasn't too Just hot. Awkward. I hate. I hate daytime Meadowlands. I had a couple, a couple races went a little bit different. It could have been a really big day for me at the Meadowlands, but I did all right. I did all right. I mean, I'm, I came up on the positive side, so I can't complain about that. That's all that counts, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of chances. I, I beat a couple of two to five shots, and I tried to beat. I, I got a little too. I, I did the Barry Spears method. I, I got too aggressive and tried to beat all of the two to five shots. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, at least you know my stamp. <laughs> There's no I didn't way. like perfect thing, and I really screwed that race up. Oh, I really wish we could bet it had exchange betting. It, it, to me, I would like love that. I would so yeah, love because you because you'd lock in at like oh. seven to one instead of four. No, to no, I, I would I would fade horses I don't like and they're big favorites because sometimes like you 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 want to beat them right, but they still run second or third, and that screws everything up because it's. You're not really sure who's going to beat them. You just don't like them, and that—that's that, really. I would have done great. 
on Saturday, betting the metal lines ex- with exchange wagering, fading a bunch of the favorites that I really didn't like. And most of them got beat. And I still wasn't, you know, I did, like I said, I did good, but I didn't do like spectacularly good. So that's just the way it goes. No one wants to hear about my betting anyways. Well, just like no one wants to hear about my fantasy football team. And we're going to we'll be drafting one here soon. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm holding out to beat uh, Joe Christofek in fantasy basketball, just like I always do. Listen, I want in in fantasy basketball this year. I was say Jim Miller was in it too. I don't know. We'll we get you in there. I think there's a spot open. I want an expansion franchise. I think there's a spot open. There's guys that left. Do I got to pay an expansion fee? Nah, we got you. You just take over their team. (laughs) Yeah, I want Put me in. I mean, but I mean, literally, it's only, you know, every year we have keepers. So you'll have their keepers and then you draft. So there's like four keepers. Listen, man, I've been watching all the summer league games and I'm scouring for the young talent. Sleepers. Our other boy, uh, what's his name? Marcus Hirsch. He bowed out. He got out of the league. And they changed some of the rules. What was his name? His uh, team's name, the Channel Maker. I forget. I forget his team's name. Wasn't the Channel Maker? He's actually he's, he's pretty good. He was pretty good. He was always good. I mean, I've been in this league for, I want to say, like five years already. Wow. But um, yeah, it's, it's good. We got a good group. We can get you in there. Yeah, we got 81 games this year. 82 games. Oh, whoa, 81. (laughs) Cancel one. But Uh, I'm going to draft as many Los Angeles Lakers as I can. Just saying. Why? Do they they give you extra points for being on the disabled list? Oh, that's hurtful. They're going to have a record number of injured players this year. Though, you know, there's some natural sponsorships there. Icy Hot. Los Angeles County Retirement Home. Oh, man. See, why you got to do that to my man? <laughs> Funeral parlors can advertise. <laughs> That's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the, the boards, you know, on the side where the, the <laughs> like the score and people sit and they have the screens to keep changing. <laughs> Acme Funeral Home. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 20% off for current Lakers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh man well i don't have much else to say tonight <laughs> nah we're you know it, i used it, i used up all my scorn on this stewards i'm pissed off at the stewards yeah it was it was a rough dq and mama stewards i haven't forgotten you it was a rough dq weekend yeah those guys just handing out suspensions sometimes or I just don't watch your races very much. I don't pay much attention to what's going on there, but people clue me in once in a while. If anybody knows anything going on in Mammoth the deal, I'm like, tell me so I can watch it and criticize them. Especially since they can't talk. Because the commission doesn't let them talk. They can't talk to the press because they're too big. Yeah, Such bullshit. Stupid. They should be required to talk to the right. Press. Transparency and all. Exactly. People are betting on these races. People are spending tons of money to have these horses bought and trained. Why do they not have to talk to the press? Why? Oh, there could be litigation. 
There's always litigation, bro. You know, assume for emotional distress. They know where they live. They know this is America. They know that this country likes to sue everything and everybody. So, what are they afraid of? I should sue. I'm I'm suing them. I'm suing them for emotional distress. If there's any lawyers out there that want to take this case, um, sir, did you see that? It's very, very, very possible that we're getting sports betting in Florida in October. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I didn't think so either. Yeah. But there's a court case in federal court that's going to probably overturn all that stuff. So who put it up? Uh, Magic City Casino suing. Right. They want they, they think it's like a monopoly situation, correct? Uh, they're just going to sue because. You know, if you have a paramutual license in the state of Florida, and there's like 30 of them, it's crazy because how many paramutual facilities can you name? Like seven, right? Um, uh, I can name I can name about ten. Right. There's like 30 licenses. So, like, okay, Ocala crazy. has one, right? Ocala Training Center. There's all kinds of people that have them for like card rooms. I don't even like shouldn't even have them. Have like fake races, the fake race people, and yeah, Orlando Highlight used to do. Even the Highlight that doesn't even run, you know, have Highlight anymore. So they still think they're gonna get a piece of the action. When my wife was working at Highlight and they didn't have Highlight games, they used to have two people suit up and play, quote unquote, play Highlight, and they would give people including myself, a voucher to make bets on the games. Really? So, yeah, they give me like a $10 voucher to be like, yo, there's going to be five games. We need you to bet $2 on each game. And it wasn't rigged or anything. It was just like two kind of dudes that would go in there and kind of mess around. Well, I just I just looking up, but it's just to keep the license. But I know I know Highlight has one. Uh, they uh, the Sanford Orlando Kennel Club has one. Ocala Training Center has one. Daytona Beach Kennel Club has one. Melbourne Beach has one. Tampa. Um, Dania Beach. I mean. Obviously, Gulfstream. I'm trying to think. Oh. Well, but Jacksonville. In New York, there was a deadline for the sports mobile wagering. New York. And a super group has emerged. L- listen to this group. FanDuel. Oh, boy. DraftKings. They're trying to get in. BetMGM. Bally's. The Seneca Nation. Harris, New York, the New York Yankees, what the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, the NYCFC, which is some soccer team, and the Yes Network are part of one consortium. Can you imagine that group, DraftKings and FanDuel, on the same team? I was gonna say, yeah, I thought they they could have just did without everybody else, just those two. What do they need? Well, the three on the three largest online sports betting companies are FanDuel, DraftKings, and, and MGM. And they were all teaming up. Didn't even know MGM was a thing. Yep. It was just now. I'm today's year years old. 
Well, I guess the Buffalo Bills won't be moving. All that talk they were going to move to Austin. That, that sounds like bullshit now, right? <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of crazy, really. Interestingly enough, the the, the hockey teams uh, and and the 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 Mets didn't get invited to that party because nobody likes the Mets. I like the Mets, but no. And, uh, I noticed Naira's name wasn't in there. They should have got down with that. Um, the bidding groups are Bet365. Uh, a national group with that Canby, which is kind of a new thing. The Super Group, Fox Bet, which I, I guess is part of Naira. Yeah. Uh, EZR, Empire, Rush, Points, Bet, and Win, and then the Score. Who was just bought? Yeah. The score was just bought by somebody. Um, um, one of the big companies. Hmm. Interestingly enough, uh, number four is actually called TSG Interactive. The Strong Group, you know, doing business as Fox Bet. So it's basically Express Bet. <laughs> Interesting enough, Naira is not included here. I don't know what all this means, but uh, this is a request for applications. So trying to get down, they're trying to be first in line. Yeah, Penn National bought the score, so so that's uh. It's, what, it's it's a little. Bars- it's interesting that Penn National is involved with the second bid and the, and, and the, the scores bid too. Hmm. I don't know how this is going to work out. I really don't. It'll be interesting over the next six months. Maybe they'll have a sports book at GP by the Pegasus next year. I don't think it's going to happen. I would doubt it, but, you know, nobody can agree on anything anymore. So (laughs) why would you expect it to to work out the way it's supposed to? TSG is not, has nothing to do with Stronic. Dang it. I didn't think so. I don't think at least. At least I don't think it does. That's our guy, uh, Jason, over at First Bet. Yeah. Who knows? I just have the worst feeling racing is just going to get run over the top of by this. I know everybody loves to. How could you not think otherwise? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, you know, there's got to be that that point where that's going to start happening, you know? Because we're, like, flopping like a fish out of water. Yeah. Anyways, well, Barry... Real as always. Yes, sir. And, uh, we'll be talking. Always. 
I'll be going to Saratoga next week. All week? I'll be in Chicago all week this week. I'll be going to Saratoga next Sunday night, so I'll be there Monday through I don't know when, maybe forever. Or at least until it gets cold. Oh, dude, it's already cold. Exactly. So, wasn't it you that was telling me it was forty-eight degrees down there? Yeah, the other day it was like forty. Bro, no, we're not doing that. Nope. Nope. I like putting my feet in the sand, where it's eighty plus degrees. I'm okay. Yeah, looking. They're calling uh, the long-term forecast is a little bit of rain for Saratoga on the weekend. Uh, Thursday and Saturday. Nineties uh, temperature supposed to be up into the nineties again, but it's supposed to get down to eighty-one for me. So <laughs> that was my request, eighty-one. Going to see the mayor? <laughs> of course, <laughs> my guy. Mayor's working tonight. Where mayor's overworking? No, I, I think I'm gonna be busy today and tomorrow over at the sales. That's right. If you're cheap with the tips, man, the mayor will turn you in. Oh, he'll he'll call you out quickly. He'll sponsor a segment where he reads off all the cheap people. Oh man, you don't want to be one of the cheap people. Yeah, I remember he was calling him out at Bruise Room. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't be coming with no two dollar tips now. You don't park your Rolls Royce. Yeah, you get a you get a brownie Sunday to the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh god. Um. <laughs> w i n s t a r. And we ain't talking Kenny Trout because he's really generous. <laughs> oh man, that's so great. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to end it. <laughs> All right, I know Sid's there. Sid's there. Sid's there. Yeah, Sid, Sid was saying he's he's up there. I don't know, Sid. I gotta make Sid stay for another week. Uh, call him. Call him. I'll call him tomorrow. All right. Well, thanks for everyone for listening. We're going to wrap it up here. And before I insult anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, man. See ya. Bye.